Wake up, West Georgia. It's time for the podcast powered by Coffee and Mountain Dew. The Morning Five with Bryce Sparling and Billy Lindahl. Wake up, West Georgia. It's time for your favorite morning podcast. It is The Morning Five for Thursday, July 7th, 2022. And it is brought to you by, as always, the Parian Lawyers. Nobody wakes up thinking, man, I hope I hire a lawyer today. But hey, life happens. Don't call one of those big law firms with overused slogans and thousands of billboards. We have a top-notch law firm right here in West Georgia. The Parian Lawyers with offices in Carrollton and Bremen. Personal injury, workman's comp, and everything in between. Find them at callcadenow.com. That's C-A-L-L-C-A-D-E-N-O-W.com. Local lawyers, catchy slogans, a few billboards, big results. We have three food days, and I am so happy for it. More food days, the better. Oh, absolutely. Because <laughs> last week it kind of sucked. This week it did. it's better. A little disappointing, but we are ramping up this week, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's National Strawberry Sunday Day. Okay, okay. Not a not a huge fan of strawberry Sundays, but, uh, but I can get down I'm, with them. I'm not either, but I can... I mean, if somebody had to be a strawberry Sunday, I'm not going to completely turn them down. Yeah, I'm not going to go out of my way to get one, but you know, if you have one and you hand it to me, I might take a little bite. I mean, they get me with the strawberry. That's my that's one of my favorite types of ice cream shake sundae type thing. It's one of my favorite types of flavors. So the strawberry is good, but uh, yeah, I'm not going to go out of my way to get those. It's also National Macaroni Day. I will go way out of my way to get macaroni. I absolutely love macaroni and cheese. Emily makes this like baked uh crock pot macaroni and cheese for like all of the holidays and stuff it li- oh. it's literally it's literally all i can do billy not to eat the entire freaking thing of the crock pot before we even make it to these events i mean it's sitting there you smell it it's all she cooks it for like six to eight hours and it's like it's creamy in the middle but kind of crusty it has like a little crust in the top it, it's heaven it's absolutely heaven and it's amazing Oh, that sounds yeah. so good. I, I will go so far out of my way to get some macaroni and cheese. I love mac. It's like it's like uh, my one little um, uh, like uh, thing you liked when you were a kid that you still like. I'll go upstairs and eat macaroni and cheese for, for lunch. It's undefeated. It's amazing. And it's also National World Chocolate Day. Or excuse me, it's not national. It's World Chocolate Day. World Chocolate Day. Everybody in the entire world is celebrating chocolate. Is, do you have a favorite chocolate? I know you're not a chocolate fan, but do you have a favorite chocolate thing that you you would eat? Um, I do like Gerdelli makes this like bitter dark chocolate bars. Um, well, they're not really bars, they're like okay. squares. Yeah, and, and those are okay. I don't mind those. It's it's not really your typical chocolate taste. It's not the sweet chocolate. It's a, it's a dark cocoa bitter chocolate. And I, I don't mind those. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll uh, break off a little thing of those and eat them and uh, I I don't mind any chocolate with caramel in the middle. I can I can do that. So, okay. um, yeah yeah, not a not a huge fan of chocolate, but there are you know a couple things out there that I, I don't mind uh, uh, dabbling in. Braves have now won three games in a row, Bryce, and we are they moving. Have. Of course they have. Yeah, uh, this is the first time, or excuse me, only the second time all season that they've won three games in a row. Um, outside of that fourteen game win streak, this is the first time. So, um, huge, huge win last night for the Braves. Three to nothing. Uh, they beat the Cardinals. 
Ozuna and Rosario had back-to-back bombs, and then Darno also delivered another RBI. Um, Max Freed, six innings pitched, five innings, no, or excuse me, five hits, no, no earned, four Ks. Freed being Freed, and I'm yep. just keep going. Um, keep doing, Freed. keep doing what you're doing, Freed. It's nice to see Rosario, no pun intended, but it's nice to see Rosario back in the lineup and producing and hitting. Uh, that's a that's a that's a bi- <laughs> that's a big bat, and it's nice to see Ozuna not have to play the field. So I was excited about that. I'll say this, man. The, uh, Ozuna's home run celebration for Rosario cracked me up. Did I'll you go back it? and watch? No, no, I didn't say. I was listening to it on the radio last night. Oh, so Rosario hit hit the bomb, and it was right after Ozuna did, and Ozuna's in the dugout, and he puts up his fingers or, or like his fingers around his eyes, like mimicking glasses. Oh, I did see that. Now that you said that, I did see that. Yes, that was uh, that was just as good as Ronnie's uh, ice tray home run celebration. Oh, yeah, that gosh, was amazing. It was, it was pretty funny. <laughs> All right, Braves are now two and a half, or continue to stay two and a half games back of those Metropolitans. We're coming for you, New York. It's coming. Um, Sal Licata is um, is crapping his pants up in New York right now. That guy that back in the end of May was like, it's over. It's over. The New York Mets are going to be the champions. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think a little premature there. A little premature on that uh, that uh, estimation. Uh, we're, Braves are going for the four-game sweep tonight. Uh, Spencer Strider's on the bump tonight. So let's go, who do, kid. Who do, who do the Mets have tonight? I think they wrapped up their Red Series. They might not... They might not play tonight. I don't know. Oh, they play the Marlins. Okay. All right. So let's go fish. Let's go fish tonight. Yeah. I'm okay. I'm okay yep. with that. Yep. All right, Billy. We wrap up our ACC preview today. We hit the Atlantic. We're going to start out with reigning champions in Pittsburgh. Pitt is coming off a year that saw them have a Heisman Trophy candidate and a Bolitnikoff Award winner and an ACC title. Can they repeat? No way in hell. The offense loses Kenny Pickett and Jordan Addison, uh, but keeps five of the Hogs up front. The Panthers' offensive line will be the most experienced and possibly the most talented front five in football. Pitt has a deep backfield of kids who will contribute, led by all-ACC candidate Israel Abakande. The defense returns seven starters and three of the four defensive linemen. Pitt's line last year. Uh, was the start of the show, finishing sixth in the nation in rushing, allowing and sporting two all-ACC linemen. At the Mike linebacker, all-ACC candidate Servaka Dennis returns off of his 85 tackles and four-sack performance from last year. I think Pitt's going to be really good. I don't know if they can. I think they might repeat as Atlantic winners. I don't know if they can repeat as ACC winners. That's going to be a tall task with no Kenny Pickett and Jordan Addison. Okay. Uh, We move on to the Miami Hurricanes, who have been, quote-unquote, back for about 20 years. Uh, Miami has been in the ACC for 18 years and has exactly zero ACC championships. Former national champion Mario Cristobal is looking to come in and change that in year one. Quarterback Tyler Van Dyke and running back Jalen Knightington head up a solid group of about seven offensive starters that return. 
Miami's passing game last year was on a roll, finishing 10th in the nation in yards per game and 19th in the nation in overall offensive production. Top wide receivers from 2021, Charleston Rambo and Mike Harley are gone, so Van Dyke will need to find some new targets to work with. On the defensive side, it is a work in progress. The Hurricanes return only three starters in the defense that finished 7th in the conference in yards allowed and ninth in the conference in scoring defense. A lack of pass rush and missing at least five tackles a play hamstrung the defense from getting any productivity. Billy, every time I watched Miami last year, I, I swear to you, they would miss at least five tackles on every single defensive play they ran. It was the weirdest thing. They could not tackle. Yeah, the thing that you mentioned there was seventh in the conference in yards allowed and ninth in scoring defense. That's the ACC, too. And I'm not a huge right. fan of the ACC. So the fact that, I mean, I can't even imagine what that is nationally. You know what I mean? It's, it's just I would cool. tell you, but I don't have my paper here. Damn it. I don't know where it's at. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, seventh and ninth in the ACC is not, you know, seventh and ninth in SEC. Okay, whatever. That's good. Seventh and ninth in Big Ten. Fine. That's fine. ACC. Holy Christ. That's terrible. Wolf. That's pretty awful. <laughs> yeah. All right. Virginia Tech first year head coach Brent Pry hopes to get the Hokies back to the glory days of Beamer Ball, which Virginia Tech hasn't seen since the early 2000s. Virginia Tech will lean heavily on Marshall transfer Grant Wells to captain this offense and bring some stability to the quarterback position, which has been a revolving door for the Hokies for the past seven years. Virginia Tech does have a three-legged monster in the backfield with Jalen Halston, Keyshawn King, and Malachi Thomas at running back. On the defensive side, first-time defensive coordinator Chris Mari gets eight returning starters, including two-star DBs, Shamari Connor and Nasir Peoples. The Hokies also return a pair of all-ACC inside linebacker candidates in Dax Holyfield and Alan Tisdale. The duo combined for 176 tackles last year. I think the Hokies are going to be just fine, and I think they're going to compete for that Atlantic division. Do you think the Hokies are going to compete? Yeah, for the for the Atlantic. I think they'll compete for the Atlantic division. Yeah, okay. I don't. Yep, I think they're going to be vastly improved this year. Uh, a team that will not be vastly improved, in my opinion, is Virginia. Uh, Tony Elliott, another first-year head coach in the ACC, takes over a team that could sling the pigskin with anyone last year but couldn't run the ball or stop anyone to save their lives. The Cavaliers only return three players on offense, but it's arguably the three most important players on the unit. Quarterback Brennan Armstrong returns for a senior season. The quarterback last year led Virginia to the country's second-best passing offense, third most yards per game, and threw for 436 yards per game. Uh, Dontavian Wicks and Keaton Thompson, both who averaged over 100 yards per game at wide receiver, headline a wide receiver core that honestly could rival anyone in the NCC in the NCAA for the best wide receiver core. They, the wide receiver core in Virginia is really, really good this year, guys. Watch. Uh, they will probably have at least one first-rounder drafted this year out of that wide receiver core. Virginia's defense, though, was a completely opposite story. The Cavs finished 104th in scoring defense, 123rd in rushing defense, and 121st in overall defense. The worst game last year saw them give up 66 points to BYU, where they gave up a hundred. Uh, excuse me, where they gave up 734 yards of offense. So the defense Whoa. is absolutely atrocious. We thought our defense was bad up in Ohio, Billy. Uh, the Virginia defense was 10 times worse. But that's. You know, you made my point just a few seconds ago, though, when you talked about Brendan Armstrong. He's the country's second best passing offense. 
Okay, I'll take country's second best over the ACC's second best. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Kid can sling it. He So if you, if you like high-scoring, uh, entertaining games, watch Virginia this year. There will be zero defense played, at least for Virginia. Uh, all right, now we kind of move on to the bottom dwellers of the Coastal Division. UNC, has the magic worn off on Mac Brown and his stint at US, uh, UNC? All signs point to yes. Who's going to take over for all ACC quarterbacks, Sam Howell? Jacoby Crissel and Drake May look to be the early favorites, but there will be a battle up until the Tar Heels' first game versus Florida A&M. Running back British Brooks decided to stay for a fifth year at UNC and will hopefully give some stability to the offense. On the defensive side, it was not a great year last year for the Tar Heels either, giving up 32 points per game and over 400 yards per game. Ugh. Good for 94th in the nation. That's uh, not good. I think the novelty of Mac Brown is worn off. I have uh, some contacts inside that athletic department that said Mac Brown is essentially just a figurehead in that school, uh, and he's not doing a lot of the day-to-day stuff that you would normally see a college coach doing. Uh, so I, I think it's worn off. I think UNC is only probably a couple years away from either firing Mac Brown or Mac Brown stepping down. Uh, next, we move on to GT, Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech went 3-9 and nine last season, and I think this year could be even worse. The Yellow Jackets returned only seven starters in the entire team that finished outside the top 90 in offensive scoring, passing yards, and total yards per game, and outside the top 100 in defensive scoring, rushing yards given up, and passing yards given up, and total yards given up per game. Georgia Tech does not have a lot of bright spots this year. I think they could be worse than 3-9. and nine. See, I mean, that's I the see, bad thing, I man. see them like, like one or two, one or two wins this year. I really thought that 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 head coach was going to be a turning point for Georgia Tech. You know, there's, I'm not a. Well, you was, could argue that he is. It just turned the wrong way. <laughs> I'm just not. I was not a big fan of Paul Johnson. Like it just seemed like it was just steady as he goes. Kind of like reminded me of Mark Rick. You know, you can. Oh, here's another nine and three season. Oh, here's another nine and three season. Well. Now it's and just maybe like, and maybe for tech, Billy, this is the darkness. You know, they always say it's the darkest before the dawn. So maybe that's where Georgia Tech is now. I'm not gonna. I don't. I don't. I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like I know the Georgia Tech football program. You know, intimately enough to to make that decision. But I can tell you, I can guarantee you, this year they will not be good. Uh, and then we get to Duke, who will finish last in the ACC Coastal and probably not win a single conference game. Uh, Mike Elko, another first-year head coach in the ACC. They have a ton of them. Dear Tries Lord. to, I mean, they have. I think they have seven first-year head coaches in the ACC this year. I'll have to go back and look, but I think it's around seven. Uh, he tries to improve Duke's conference record from last year, zero and nine, which will not happen. The offense, defense, special—it's terrible. Duke is just awful this year. Uh, the biggest bright spot for Duke this year is that the Blue Devils basketball team is only a short few months away from playing. So that's, <laughs> that's, what, that's what Duke football teams will, or excuse me, that's what Duke football fans will have to look forward to. <laughs> Here, Lord. Yeah, that's our ACC wrap up, guys. Hey, good job, Bryce. Woo. All right, uh, Bryce, you mentioned this yesterday uh, to me, and I'm kind of interested in this. Oh. What are your top 10 best athletes in Atlanta? Because I, I'm just kind of curious about this since we're kind of in in the middle stages of things. And I, I wanted to know what your top 10 is. Yeah, so this was a question I saw on some uh, message boards the other day that people were going around, throwing around with. And 
And and this isn't just purely on athletic ability. I think this is around impact on the city, swag, marketability. There's a lot of things that go into this. I didn't just take into consideration their play on the field. You can do that. It might be a little bit different list, but I took I took a ton of stuff into consideration. So my top my top ten is is this. Uh, Trey Young's at number one. I love Acuna, who I put it to, but I think Trey, I think his swagger, I think his marketability, uh, what he did in New York, I, that that makes him one for me. So I got Trey at one, Acuna at two, Joseph three, Dan's Bay four, Kyle Pitts five, Austin Riley six, Max Freed seven, AJ Terrell eight, John Collins nine, and Ozzy Albies ten. That wraps up my top ten. The the other people, Billy, that I I considered for this. Spencer Strider and Michael Harris, I think, could get in the top 10, but they're just too young. They're rookies. Shoot, they haven't even played an entire season here. Same with Matt Olson and DeJounte Murray. Both of those could easily crack the top 10 here. And once again, Matt Olson hasn't played a full season here. DeJounte Murray hasn't even played a game here. Uh, two more from the Atlanta United side. Once again, probably too early to call. Luis Arujo and Tiago Almada easily could crack that top 10. I think those are vastly amazing talents. Hadn't been here long enough. And then on the Falcons side, uh, Grady Jarrett, I think, could possibly crack that top 10. Uh, and maybe Cordero Patterson to see what he does. And then, you know, I want to throw Desmond Ritter on there as well because I like the guy. Uh, but that's way, obviously, way, way too early to tell. All right. So your top 10, you've got, say, two Hawks. You've got two Falcons. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five Braves. Uh, yeah, five Braves. Acuna, Dan's Bay, Max, Austin, and Ozzy. And just one, one, uh, five stripes. Yep, one five stripes. And you know, if Guzan was ha- healthy, maybe Guzan would have made this top ten because I mean he's been a staple here for a while. But and and this list wasn't taking into consideration college either. So if you throw in college. You know, do coaches count? Does Kirby get in the top 10? Uh, Brock Bowers, you know, uh, Keely Ringo, who's Keely Ringo right now is rated by PFF as the number one defensive back in the entire nation. And he's a sophomore. Good Lord. Yeah, that kid's <laughs> sick. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's my top 10. Is there, is there anybody you, you change or throw in or maybe replace on there? No, I don't think so. I think, uh, you know, the top 10 could be interchangeable. Um Maybe not in in that particular order, but I could I could see all those. There's there's no doubt. And I tried not to go recency bias and just put all praise on there since they won the World Series. So I tried to I tried to break it up. I tried to break it up a little bit. And you know John Collins is on there, but shoot, John Collins might not even be on the Hawks roster in a couple of days. That's true. All right, <laughs> let's get to the Marine South scoreboard. Uh, last night the Angels beat the Marlins five to two. The Mets beat the Reds eight to three. Way to go, Reds! Yeah, they had the, they had a lead in the eighth inning and couldn't hold it. And then the ninth the inning. Nat- I think they had the lead in the ninth inning. All right. And then the Nationals beat the Phillies three to two, um, despite Kyle Schwarber continuing to just hit bombs. That that dude is just nuts right now. All right, uh, let's get to your stump at games and events calendar. Bills uh, are playing the Nationals tonight, and then the Mets are playing the Marlins tonight. So, like you mentioned, let's go fish. Let's go fish. Because the Braves have uh, our final game with the Cardinals tonight before, what, the Nationals 
Yep, three game set with the Nationals this weekend, and then a three game set with the Mets next week to wrap up sort of the first half of the baseball season. Ooh, let's go. Let's go. All right. Did, uh, you, did you think going into the All Star break that we would be, you know, we essentially we could have the lead going into the All Star break in the NL East? Like that just that blows my mind. The baseball they've been playing the past month and a half. We. They, they actually said it. And the, here's the mess up part. And I'm going to go on a rant here for a second. Rant away, sir. Last night, I was watching Sports Center, And the Braves were just on ESPN. Okay? The Braves highlights were like after the first commercial break of SportsCenter. I just like... You just had it on your network. Why are you showing me Shohei Otani first? Why are you showing me the Yankees, which obviously are going to win? Like, I don't, I don't understand. Show the team that you just had on your freaking network and then just move on. But they're the Yankees. I don't gotta show, a, gotta show, Gotta show the Yankees. I don't Everybody wants crap. to see the Yankees. I don't give a crap. I understand Baker Mayfield being a big big story yesterday. That should be on there in that first segment. I completely understand that. I completely understand certain Wimbledon matches being up there because they're big matches. They're getting to the quarters and semis. I get that. But dear Lord. Uh, it's, it's ESPN, dude. That's the only explanation I can give you. I've, I can't stand watching ESPN. It, it really, it's just, it's become awful, man. I mean, it's... I don't know. It's terrible. It's hard to watch. It's I'll, I'll watch yeah, Sports I, Center I, I and like just mute it because <laughs> it, it's it's awful, dude. It's it's just frustrating. It's frustrating to watch. I feel like those people that that do ESPN just uh, I don't know. I don't feel like they don't understand sports at all anymore. You need another cup of coffee because I sure do. I certainly do, man. Let's get another cup of coffee. Uh, as mentioned, uh, Baker Mayfield was traded to Carolina yesterday, and. And he had to go through a bunch to in order for this to happen. Um, he did have to give up what three and a half million guaranteed. Um, yeah. Yep. In order to make this happen, and it looks like Carolina is only going to pay him five million, and the rest yep. is going to be paid. That the other ten and a half million is going to be paid by the Browns. Yep. <laughs> so the Browns are essentially paying ten and a half million for Baker Mayfield to go away. That's pretty crazy and all but what they trade him for a fifth round pick that's all carolina had to give up for him yeah Yeah. that's dude that's uh, i don't care what your opinion is on baker mayfield he is a top 32 quarterback in the nfl unquestionably and the carolina panthers just traded a fifth round pick and are paying him what what would you say five and a half million or five million to play this year five million five million million. and he's gonna start he's gonna start for carolina and he's gonna be probably the second best quarterback in the NFC East or the NFC South I mean so stupid just plain stupid what a what a bargain for Carolina but to be fair the last the last 18 months in Carolina have been a freaking joke oh I wish I could find someone tweeted out yesterday (laughs) I know exactly where it is hang on (laughs) this is the last thing I saw this morning while you're looking that up, uh, Emerson Heinemann is going to miss four to six weeks with a quad injury. Uh, it feels like Atlanta United just keeps taking hits after hits after hits on the injury front. I, I don't understand it. I just, it's so depressing. I don't understand why we, we can't 
get healthy and stay healthy. We can't have nice things. No, we can't have nice things. Everything breaks. Uh, Nadal wins, and Wimbledon moves on to the semifinals. He's not sure if he's going to be able to play in the semifinals, though, Billy. Uh, he hurt his back yesterday during the match, and he's supposed to play Kyrgios in the semifinals uh, tomorrow, I think. Uh, so that that would really suck if he couldn't go on or he's injured and, and can't play or something like that because Nadal versus Kyrgios would be a phenomenal match. Nadal, one of the greatest tennis players of all time, and uh, Kyrgios right now who is just in fuego, just super hot. Right. I found it. Yeah, read it off to me because this is, this is amazing. All right. So March 17th, 2020, Panthers signed Teddy Bridgewater to replace Cam Newton. April 5th, 2021, Jets trade Sam Darnold to the Panthers for three draft picks. Uh, let's see. April 29th, 2022, Panthers trade up to select Ole Miss quarterback Matt Corral in the third round of the 2022 draft. And now Baker Mayfield being traded to the Panthers for a conditional 2024. <laughs> I just... Oh, man. What a train wreck. What an absolute train wreck. That is that is fantastic. I love but it. This shit, I you know, that is you're right. It's a train wreck. But I think yeah. they're they're getting better now. I think Baker solidifies that, honestly. I do. I, I think I think Baker is a, a great pickup. A fifth round pick and you're only paying him five million dollars this year. I mean that's yeah. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good bargain. All right. Oregon's biggest donor, Phil Knight, uh the the Nike owner uh, wants them to join the Big Ten. Yep. It's forming in the two super conferences, man. In the next five to eight years, it's going to be the Big Ten and the SEC, and then they're, you're going to have three or four other smaller conferences that are just vying for the crumbs. It's going to end up being between like a 20 and 30 team super conference. So, you know, I, I don't want to say I'm against it. I don't want to see I'm, say I'm for it. Uh, I am for just sitting back and interested to watch how it all falls how it all happens and uh, how the cookie crumbles so it'll be fun to watch it'll be interesting to watch i just want to watch good legitimate football like I'm yeah tired I, of... I don't want to watch you know ohio state versus nebraska anymore i don't want to watch ohio state versus rutgers anymore i don't want to watch georgia versus vanderbilt anymore like i don't i don't want to see those matchups like georgia I don't versus those southern yeah I'm yeah sorry. i mean like, i, I know see, everyone thinks I, now, I don't mind do those i don't I, mind those I do. I do, and, and, I'll, and I'll tell you why, because that gives Charleston Southern a lot of money. I mean, Georgia pays Charleston Southern an immense amount of money to come up and play them. And it gives those Charleston Southern guys a lot of experience. And it gives your backups a lot of experience if you're Georgia. I don't mind those. It, as long as there's only one or two on your schedule per year. I don't. I really don't mind those. I would like to see something, something, ugh, something implemented where if you're going to play those games, you have to play an in-state opponent. So if Georgia wants to play one of those, they're going to have to play a West Georgia or a Georgia State. Um, I know they're not going to want to play Georgia Southern because Georgia Southern will come up and beat them. Um, but you have to play like a Kennesaw State or a Mercer. I want them to implement something to where if you are going to play one of these, and I don't want to disrespect anybody, but cupcakes, that you have to play an in-state right. You have to play an in-state team. It has to be a Kennesaw State, a Georgia State, a, a, a West Georgia Someone like that. So for Ohio State, it'd be Akron, it'd be Toledo, it'd be Bowling Green, something like that. I'd like to see that implemented, but I don't mind the one or two games in the schedule where you do play these smaller fish because of the amount of money that pumps into their university. 
I get that argument. I really do. But at the same time, it does nothing for the football program, in my opinion, because you're just watching nothing happen. You're just you're just getting reps against somebody other than yourself. I mean, you well, get better. It gets a lot of the backups reps against, reps. You get better reps against your ones than you do against Charleston Southern. Yeah, for the top, I mean, for your starters, you would. But what about the second and third string guys? What about these freshmen that need to get reps in, you know, to make sure they're fit before the season starts, the real season starts, and see if you have anything? That's the only thing. That's the only thing I like them. Throw them into the fire, baby. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah, we saw how that happened. We saw that worked for Ohio State last year. Well, this year might be better because of it. (laughs) Hopefully. Uh, Deshaun Watson news, Billy. It might come down this week or next week. Uh, from what I'm hearing, it's going to be later this week or early next week. Rumor is right now, zero game suspension. He will be suspended for zero there games. Is zero chance of this, in my opinion. There. Do, do you know why there is a zero game suspension? Why? Do you know what videotape they have? No. Do you remember a certain Patriots owner that got a little massages down in Florida? Oh, yeah. The video yeah, they have. there. They have those videotapes. Yeah. And you, you know what happened to him? Uh, Nothing. Nothing happened. So, apparently the rumor is right now, if Watson gets suspended for any games, Watson's defense is going to release the tapes that they have of Robert Kraft and the massages that he got down in Jupiter, Florida, to the public. Oh, that's just dirty. Yeah. I mean, that is that is dirty, low ball. That's a little bit of blackmail. Yeah, I don't I don't know how legally they could possibly do that, but that is oh, the rumor. That's just dirty. That's the rumor floating around that if Watson gets suspended any games at all, uh, they or, or I believe it's if Watson gets suspended any games over what they've agreed upon, I think four games is where they've kind of came in the middle on. Uh, then they are going to release the videos of Robert Kraft down in Jupiter, Florida. So buckle up. It's going to be a fun week and a half here. All right. Finally, in today, 1948, the Cleveland Indians stunned Major League Baseball by signing 42-year-old veteran Negro League pitcher Satchel Paige. God, can that you imagine looked- what he'd have done if he would have been drafted earlier? 42 years oh, old, no. and he was an absolute monster. Yeah, he was. I, I would have loved to see what he could have done if he was, if, you know, they'd allowed players in baseball earlier. Now, 42 years old, and, uh, I mean, this guy, he only came in and won, what did he win, like almost 20 games? I think he I think he averaged almost 20 games or something like that. And he averaged, let's see, how many how many wins overall? Played 21 years. That guy was a beast, man. Absolute yeah. monster. No freaking doubt. You got anything else, buddy? Nah, man, I'm good. Let's get out of here. Sounds good. Let's get out of here for our Thursday edition of the the Morning Five. Brought to you by the Parian Lawyers. Uh, For Bryce Barling, I am Billy Lindahl. We will talk to you all tomorrow. Same time, same place. Shake your neighbors! Just shake them! Shake your neighbors!